Come on, come on. Those jerks are already 15 minutes late for the show. <laughs> Neth, finally. Hello, it's me, Neff's uncle, Dutch Neff. I'm from the Netherlands. <laughs> Do you like my joke? Oh, okay. I see what you're doing here. That's right. I'm a whole new character with a funny accent. Right. And it just so happens your character is also called Neth? He was named after his uncle. Of course he was. Oh, groovy baby. We're getting all together. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Is everyone ready to do an utterly shagadelic podcast? Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, because she's also doing a funny voice. You know it, baby, that's right. I came here all the way from Chipping Sudbury. Hey, what a crazy name for a place. Your improv skills are first rate. Actually, it's a real place. I looked it up. She's right, it really is. Chipping Sudbury. It's real. Amazing. Anyway, I'm English Megan, baby. Actually, Megan's English and groovy. Are you both playing your own aunts and uncles? This is stupid. Hello, you wee bastards. Uh, okay, we can stop this now. What? Oh, I'm sorry I was late. It's because I was eating all the food. Actually, I'm not cool with this at all. Oh, starting to think this opening might be slightly offensive, are you? Relax, baby. He's just a totally groovy Scottish person who might be related to Cohen. Aye, that's right. I'm his great uncle, Mick Cohen. Oh, well, that's original. Oh, I didn't know you were related. Then welcome, come in, have some drugs and a prostitute. Aye, don't mind if I do. Oh, yeah, baby. Now we got a show. I quit. So if, uh... If you guys were like a super villain, what would be your your choice way of uh, taking over the world? All right, so I'm bringing back the McRib. Nice. <laughs> and okay. mailing everybody on the planet a coupon for a free McRib. And you know what? If you're a vegetarian, doesn't matter because we got the Beyond McRib now. <gasps> Ooh. But okay. what I'm also going to do is I'm going to fucking break into the McRib production facility mm-hmm. and uh, spice the McRib with some kind of DNA changing agent. That removes people's ability to be mean to one another. And so that everybody who eats a McRib becomes nice. Aww. And everybody will go and get McRibs. The whole world. Nobody's going to turn down a free McRib, right? Nobody. I don't care. Yeah. Man, woman, child. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... Hold on. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to go get their McRibs and they're all going to eat them and then they're going to wake up the next day and everybody is going to be super nice to one another. Nobody is ever going to be mean ever again apart from me because I didn't want the fucking McRib because I don't fucking like McRib. So I'm going to go around being mean to everybody and exploiting them and stealing their money and taking all their toys and all that shit. And that's how I'm going to overtake the world. So you're you're basically the Grinch. (laughs) So you're going to start a cult around the McRib. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the Grinch. That's true. But we knew that anyway. Um, And also, I would like to think that the McRib is already a cult because people bang on about their McRibs so fucking much. All the Who's in Whoville went and got their McRibs. And then Neff came and kicked them all in the groin. (laughs) What a villain. I think what I would do is start a like an online book company like like a to sell books mm-hmm. uh in in 1994 um and then around like 2004 
maybe like expand my services to more like general um more general <laughs> products oh, oh i see where this is going and then <laughs> maybe around like 2011 just move into like cloud computing um stuff like that ebooks you know mm-hmm. and then um you know 2015 rolls around and i've got like streaming services and mm-hmm. you know uh, music services and things of that nature and basically i i would be so rich that i could go to space and blow up the moon i mean i'll tell you now it's never gonna work <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you should probably um, release a virus um, on the world, and then that way they have to use your website much more to order all of their, you know, daily oh, items. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. I'll put the grocery stores out of business. Yeah, I think that that would really kind of nail in the coffin there. Have a monopoly on living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should get on that before somebody else has the idea. Yeah, I know, seriously. right? Well, my idea was basically to go back in time and uh, replace one of Walt Disney's kids somehow, like take her identity and then jockey oh. for control of the company. <sighs> nice. And then acquire every media property I can get my hands on. And not pay uh, not pay artists for their fucking yeah. troubles as well, you know? You guys seem to be really going on the corporate evil ladder, which is way more yeah. successful than my stupid McRib idea. <laughs> no, you know what? Well, what you said was corporate, kind of. I mean, it's it Okay, I'm changing mine. I'm going back in time, uh, <laughs> kicking Ray Kroc out of the way when he tries to overthrow those two brothers that are starting at McDonald's and I'm just going to take over McDonald's. And then I don't need to fucking go through the whole thing of like uh, spicing a McRib with a DNA changing agent. I'll just fucking spit in everybody's food instead. <laughs> so all of our situations involve going back in time, mm-hmm. becoming the head of a an evil conglomerate, <laughs> and changing the course. Oh, of well, 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 hold on. We haven't heard Laura's yet. Mm-hmm. I suddenly have stage fright. Okay, so my if I were to be an evil villain, I would create a a array right on the moon so i'd have to have it shoot the earth that would make stairs randomly grow a half an inch so then everybody would trip and fall <laughs> and it would overwhelm the hospitals and and then i would privatize healthcare oh there you go i knew there was a corporate angle to this somewhere i knew this wasn't just gonna be people falling down fucking stairs everybody's getting injuries from falling down the stairs it just it's like a really inconvenient thing to do, but then I was like, I don't benefit from it at all, unless maybe I have like a monitor or a watch that tell me which stairs have been changed. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that everybody loses ten pounds because they have to they have to work harder to get up the stairs. That's true. Everybody, you are welcome. And they all die of heart attacks. <laughs> or alternatively, because everybody is now 10 pounds lighter, the fucking gravity is affected of the Earth, and the Earth spins off its fucking uh, mm-hmm. axis and into the sun. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Or just or just privatize healthcare. I mean, that's... <laughs> I, I kind of... <laughs> a little bit of both. Both equally fucking evil. <laughs> welcome to Bad With Numbers, a podcast about terrible sequels. I am Neff, joined as always by Laura. Hi. Megan. Hey. And no Roddy this week, but doing his finest Roddy impression, it's our friend Cohen Berry. Hi, it's me, Roddy. <laughs> How's it going, man? That's pretty good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, this week on the show, we are talking about Austin Powers in Goldmember from the year 2002, directed by Jay Roach. You guys were familiar with the Austin Powers franchise, I assume? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I watched the Austin Powers movies as a kid, but not like... I, I didn't get to, like, see them on DVD or VHS or anything. It was one of those, like, um, I saw them when they were playing on TV kind of thing. And 
I didn't get a lot of the jokes. Yeah, watching back, it's definitely a different experience watching this as an adult. I'm pretty sure I saw all three of them in theaters. Yeah, same here. Um, I remember the first one came out in the UK the week that Princess Diana died. Wow. Um, So, like, along with, like, the full Monty, which was in theaters at the time, (laughs) they were kind of seen as being, like, mood lifters for everyone. So they they, they played pretty well at, like, the box office because everybody was kind of mopey that week. Yeah. The second one I distinctly saw at least twice in theaters. Mm -hmm. Probably once with friends and then once on a date. Humble brag. And um, (laughs) And the third one I seem to distinctly remember seeing seeing the third one on a double header with potential future episode jason x the uh, the 10th friday the 13th movie mm. wait, wait 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 they played jason x and gold member no i mean they were both in theaters at the same time and i had oh. very little to do and some change in my pocket so i just ended up going to see both when you said double header i thought it was like one of those double showings where they show like one movie intermission and then another movie well they do both feature <laughs> bold evil guys that travel in space so i don't know mm. that's a good segue <laughs> <laughs> jay roach directed this he uh he made all of those austin powers movies he also made the first two meet the parents movies so you know thanks a fucking bunch for that (laughs) in recent years he's kind of moved away from making doofy comedies he does a lot of like politically themed movies including um that hbo game change movie where julianne moore played sarah palin anybody ever see that one no no (laughs) intrigued do i look like the kind of person that watches political documentaries and movies Yes. <laughs> That's my bag, baby. But I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I've got to admit, I was kind of skewing the question more in Megan's direction than your direction. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Where's that, where's, where's that one streaming? Uh, well, HBO, I guess. Oh, sorry, HBO. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't catch that. He also yeah. made 2019's Bombshell, which was about the sexual harassment scandal at Fox News. And, like, you know, fair play trying to make Megan Kelly the protagonist of any narrative. But, and, you know, I guess shitty people can have shitty behavior happen to them, too. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to do a little background on the Austin Powers franchise? Yes. Sure. Sure. Okay, so the biggest influence on Myers um, is probably that of his late father, Eric, who, along with his mother, Alice, was originally from Liverpool before emigrating to Canada and settling in Toronto. Can't relate to that at all. Uh, he cites Eric as introducing him to comedians like Peter Sellers, The Goodies, mm. uh, and Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Myers' dad died right before the first Wayne's World movie came out, and I think he's kind of influenced a lot of his work with tributes to his dad ever since. Mm-hmm. As god-awful a movie as The Love Guru is, mm. and it really is a god-awful movie, um, it is the kind of movie that Peter Sellers would have been making in the 1960s, although that is totally where that kind of humour belongs, and it did not need to be revived yeah. in fucking 2008. <laughs> yeah. The actual idea for austin powers came to myers one night when he was driving home from hockey practice how utterly canadian um and burt Bacharach's look of love came on the radio and he wondered to himself where did all the swingers go i mean i don't know i don't not entirely sure that's a question we needed answering but um (laughs) they got frozen yeah um myers concocted the idea of a 60s spy being transported to the 1990s and finding their sexual politics to be wildly outdated um he took some cues from the james bond friend franchise because james bond likes Mm -hmm. to fuck but he also drew influence from itc produced tv shows like jason king department s and the saint as well as michael Caine's famous harry palmer character from the ipcris file Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also like shades of comedic shows from the 60s like the monkeys and rowan and martin's laughing which is odd because saturday night live boss lauren michaels was a writer on rowan and martin's laughing so there you go and mrs kensington's outfit is inspired by um 
Emma Peel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a big Avengers kind of sort of nod in that yeah. jumpsuit. That the she's British wearing. Avengers, the dude with the bowler hat, and John Steed. John Steed. <laughs> Basically, after Jewel flops in 1993 of So I Married an Axe Murderer and Wayne's World 2. Hey, we talked about that one. Myers backed away from making movies and didn't appear on the big screen again until the first Austin Powers movie came out in 1997. Originally, he wanted Jim Carrey to play Doctor Evil, and I kind of want to know what that fucking movie looks like. I would have loved that that would have been great yeah i i feel like of all the characters he 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 would have pulled it off yeah i was i mean when i read that the first place my mind went was um riddler. the riddler oh okay no it was the sonic movie i was thinking not the riddler oh, yeah oh eggman okay oh yeah he did he did do a pretty good robot yeah exactly i was skeptical and then i was like you know what i'm in <laughs> i'm into this anyway it's a moot point because carrie was already signed on to do liar liar um it's a good movie. so myers just decided to play the role himself he casts 60s icons michael york and robert wagner who might i add was the other person who <laughs> uh, in supporting roles as well as Elizabeth Hurley as the female lead um, Hurley always got shit whenever she showed up in movies and in fairness she's been pretty bad in some real ropey films mm. but to her credit she's actually pretty good in that first Austin Powers movie yeah uh, weird aside as well I, I re-watched all three of these films this week I know I said I wasn't gonna but I ended up doing it <laughs> condolences in the UK version of Austin Powers there's a scene that is not in the US version uh, where Christian Slater has a cameo as a security guard <laughs> it's like totally absent from the US version because I was what? watching it the other night I was like wait where's the scene where Christian Slater shows up he's just not in the fucking movie really but he was in the fucking UK release it's so random that's that mandala effect thing that everyone talks about like it was there in your childhood but now I it's guarantee not guarantee you man if I call up anybody in the UK and everybody in the UK gets issued a DVD of Austin Powers when they turn 18 yeah <laughs> If I call up any of my friends, I guarantee you they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember the Christian Slater scene. He, like, there's a security guard with crossed eyes that's asking for orange sherbet. Um, anyway. So, according to Wikipedia, yeah, Christian Slater as the hypnotized guard, the UK version There only. you go. There you go. I wasn't, that was no Mandela effect. Weird. That's bizarre. I'm tagging this for later. <laughs> anyway. The first movie comes out in May 1997, and it's like a moderate success. It makes $53 million off a $16 million budget, but then it blows up huge on VHS, enough so that a sequel is greenlit with the majority of the original cast returning. That sequel, The Spy Who Shagged Me, opens in May 1999 and makes $55 million in its first weekend, more than the first movie made in its entire run, and it kind of cements Austin Powers as a cultural phenomenon. Mm. Mm-hmm. And part of the success of that sequel was down to a really clever teaser trailer that played on the fact that there was a new Star Wars movie coming out that summer. It was like a very savvy bit of um, marketing, sort of deflecting yeah. the attention away from Star Wars onto Austin Powers. Um, that helped rocket that first sequel to $300 million worldwide. Uh, it's almost like a fucking number that Dr. Evil would be asking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously New Line are champing at the bit for a third movie. And sure enough, Myers and franchise director Jay Roach return in the summer of 2002 with gold members. Mm-hmm. Um, it initially looked like they were going to have to change that title because MGM were threatening to sue them over the similarity to the Bond movie Goldfinger. Because, yeah, that's the fucking joke, right? The parody. Get over it, MGM. Uh, but they relented when New Line agreed to attach the trailer for the upcoming Bond film Die Another Day to the movie. Side note. Makes sense. Die Another Day, worst modern times Bond movie, definitely an episode. <laughs> that seems like a really decent compromise. Like, that has... That doesn't affect any future 
like yeah. releases of this movie. It, the movie is exactly how they wanted it to be, but all they had to do was just show a trailer before. Yeah, pretty much in theaters. Like, and that's, it's and it's thematically relevant. Yeah, and it kind of it feels like the new line got the better deal there, given the fact that if MGM had really dug their heels in, they could have made them take the character of Goldmember out of the movie entirely, uh, which might not have actually been a fucking bad thing. But we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> they uh, they cast Beyonce Knowles, my ex-wife. I really wish she stopped using my name um, as the romantic lead in. <laughs> this film we'll get to her later but otherwise most of the cast from the first two movies return again Mm -hmm. this time with myers playing four characters in the movie it could be argued that he's stretching himself too thin at that point and whoever would argue that would be fucking right because he is Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a second when i watch these movies the only time i see mike myers is when he is austin powers hmm any other time he's on screen, I can detach myself enough to see another character. Really? You know what I mean? Like, I know I know that Mike Myers isn't Austin Powers, but my brain goes, Mike Myers, Austin Powers. And then my brain sees Dr. Evil and goes, oh, Dr. Evil. Yeah. I see Fat Bastard and go, oh, Fat yeah. Bastard. <laughs> when I originally saw the first movie in theaters, I didn't pick up on the fact that he was playing Dr. Oh, wow. Evil. wow. Okay, wow. Straight away. No, I... I just, I don't know. But my brain isn't good at processing faces sometimes, so, like... Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, is it necessarily Mike Myers, or is it the, the makeup behind it, like the giant scar and the different eyes and everything like that? I don't know. It's weird, but I did the exact same thing. For years, I did not know that Mike Myers did multiple roles in the Austin mm. Powers, but I was also a kid when these came out, so... <laughs> now I just feel like a real smarty pants, because uh, <laughs> I fucking knew it was Mike Myers right from the jump, but yeah, okay. I mean, I kn- we know it's Mike Myers, but like yeah, my okay. brain yeah. doesn't go, that's Mike Myers! Sure. Yeah. No, I do. I literally sit on my couch, bounce up and down, every time he comes on as a new character, I go, I'm Mike Myers! I'm Mike Myers! <laughs> oh, yeah, just, there's nobody here, my cat looking at me yeah. weird but i'm like hey, Mike Myers. um anyway <laughs> this movie opens on july 26 2002 where it somewhat unsurprisingly debuts at number one Woo. it takes a whopping great 73 million in its first three days uh that made it the fourth highest opening weekend of the year behind only the original spider-man attack of the clones and harry potter and the chamber of secrets yeah it ended up grossing $213 million in the US, which made mm. it the seventh highest grossing film of that year. Uh, number two that weekend was Road to Perdition, mm. with Tom Hanks playing the bad guy. What is... What? What is that? It's a Sam Mendes movie where Tom Hanks plays a 1930s gangster. It's actually pretty fucking good. But, um, it's like Oscar bait or whatever, isn't it? It was kind of Oscar bait, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one of Paul Newman's last movies as well. Yeah. All right, maybe maybe number three will be a little more on your guys' level. Number three that weekend, Stuart Little 2. Oh, oh my jam. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. I figured that might get that kind of fucking reaction. <laughs> I, was, I was too old for that when it came out, so I don't think I've seen that. I've seen the first one. That's the one with the bird, right? I think so. There's a bird? He makes a bird friend? Yeah. And he rides a skateboard? Yeah, I remember taking my daughter to see that movie in the cinema. I do believe he rides a skateboard yeah. in that film. He rides a tech deck? I don't think it's a tech deck, but in my mind, it's a tech deck. 
He's pulling a sick 900. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Imagine being at the orphanage and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get adopted. But then a mouse gets adopted before you. Stuart Little. Yeah. That's really going to fuck with your self-esteem, right? <laughs> it's like, damn. Weren't all the kids at the orphanage like really supportive when when he got adopted because he's a mouse? I think it was they just wanted to get rid of him because he was kind of an asshole. It's the only way they could, that's the only way they could solve their rodent problem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Number four that weekend, future fucking episode of Hoy men in black 2 oh i don't think i've seen it i barely remember that movie it's pretty unmemorable but it is also really fucking bad yeah it looked bad the first men in black great i, I love that movie yes oh fuck yeah the first men in black rules that film's great and it holds up as well but ugh, those, all of those sequels are just mm-hmm. ugh. laura can we watch men in black soon yeah sure sweet only if you watch Men in Black 2 right after. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll watch both. Well, I'm less inclined now, so thanks for the double down. And then and then we'll watch the third one, and then we'll watch Men in Black International Mystery, whatever the newest one was. <laughs> Men in Black International yeah. Men in Mystery. Yeah, yeah. I remember right. the cartoon being decent. I've never seen the cartoon. I didn't know there was a cartoon. It's based less on the movies and more on, I think there was a comic first. Interesting. I think it's based on that. Uh, number five that weekend, a movie called K-19, The Widowmaker, which is a submarine movie with Harrison Ford, I guess. Directed by Catherine Bigelow, not one of her better films. Movies in 2002 are fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a dull summer, right? I mean, looking at the other- No wonder this grows so well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking at the other movies that are in the chart that weekend, you've got The Country Bears. Ugh. Dear God. Um, Based on a Disney You've got attraction. fucking Mr. Deeds, one of like Adam Sandler's oh, worst Okay, movies. that's a good movie. <laughs> No, yeah, I was gonna say you no, take that back. You no, no Mr. Deeds, no. fantastic. It's it's like one of those so good. It's because it's bad. With movies. the feet, I will never the forget the Blackfoot. The Blackfoot, and yeah. then him stabbing it because that was the worst thing in my like childhood. Just like you can't do that. Not really a fan of anything Adam Sandler unless it's like the Wedding Singer or I don't know. Mr. Deeds has got Winona Ryder in it, I guess. Whatever. Um, <laughs> You've also got Reign of Fire in the chart that weekend. You all talk about fucking boring movies. Holy fuck. There's a movie that told us it was going to be basically dragons versus helicopters. Yeah, it's not that at all. It's just Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale farting around in beards. It's fucking... Yeah, it's it's like a post-apocalyptic world, right? Like, it starts with people accidentally unearthing a dragon egg, and then it cuts to, like, a post-apocalyptic world that's been savaged by a dragon. Yeah, they don't bother to show us any of the actual dragon savaging stuff. (laughs) That's lame. I don't even remember actually seeing a dragon in that movie. I'm sure one turns up at some point. <laughs> Didn't have the budget for it. It's almost like somebody forgot to CGI them in. Or they <laughs> the ran dragons are used very minimally, presumably because it was expensive. Beautiful. But that poster, though, the poster for that fucking movie was just dragons torching the fuck out of London. And I just remember being like, yes, please. And then when that came out, oh, what a stinker. Is that is that the one that's got the scene where there's like, they're sitting around a campfire and there's all these little kids that have only grown up in the post-apocalypse. Yeah, and they're like, doing Star Wars. And they're doing Star yeah. Wars. reenacting Star Wars for these They're stuff. telling them Star Wars. And he asked them, oh, did you write that? And also, oh, might I add, well, we're still talking about Reign of Fire. And my God, we could just talk about it a little longer because it just means we don't have to talk about Austin fucking powers. Laura, you know who's in Reign of Fire? Who? Fucking Gerard Crow. Oh, wonderful. I Yeah. Early, early Gerard Crow showing in that fucking movie. Um, 
Also in the chart, we got Minority Report, which is mm. fine. I like Minority Report. Mm. That's a pretty good movie. Um, it's a good sci-fi. And also My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, that one. I love that it's good. one. Is that a the, sequel? It's a chick flick. No, it's a, it's the original. It does have a sequel, but it has the little yaya that um, sleeps with a knife under her pillow. <laughs> okay. And then she tries to escape, and then the, the like, um, lawn... What is that? The wa- you water your lawn, but it's automatic. Oh god! Oh, sprinkler. Sprinklers. <laughs> the sprinklers go on. <laughs> is that the movie where the girl ties Vince Vaughn to the bed and? No, that's Wedding Crashers. On- oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, man, what the fuck are you? <laughs> a little bit of daylight in between those two movies. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> one is a, one is a chick flick. The other one is like a sex comedy. Oh, okay. Amazing. Where somebody gets molested by Jane Seymour. Ooh. I've never seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Wedding. All I know is that they shot the house for it um, in my neighborhood, and apparently it was for sale recently and sold for a ridiculous amount of money, which is on brand for Toronto, I guess. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Let's get into Austin Powers in Goldmember. All right, so we start off in urban legends territory again, opening with a movie within a movie. This opening is kind of a fun distraction, right? Definitely. We get uh, we get fucking Tom Cruise playing Austin Powers here, which you know that was a, that was a big get for them for this movie. I think I, I I remember loving that as a kid. I thought that was the coolest thing. I'd never seen anything like that before. I kind of just want to see Tom Cruise playing Austin Powers for the whole fucking film. Same. I was of- gonna say, would you rather watch that or the? Uh- actual gold member i'm just picturing tom cruise in his trailer like wearing like the blue velvet suit and like watching austin powers and like practicing in the mirror yeah baby (laughs) and look fucking tom cruise can do comedy right anybody that saw tropic thunder knows that tom cruise can oh he can definitely do comedy he fucking kills it in that movie he's just super talented he can pretty much do whatever role he commits himself to i think i know he seems a little eccentric well, outside little, of his work eccentric. but he's a consummate professional which is why he keeps getting hired but he is also batshit insane so i don't know anyway um very committed to his religion sure um and who are we to uh, cast aspersions about that i don't really the care fact that it's fucking scientology and they suck anyway um this week's podcast brought to you by scientology <laughs> every week's podcast is brought to you by scientology we just haven't told anyone yet we yeah we so we get Cruz playing austin powers we get gwyneth paltrow playing oh my dixie normus dixie normus I love it. Yeah, we get oh, we get fucking Kevin Spacey here playing Doctor Evil, just playing himself basically, Doctor Evil, right? Damn. Yeah, got him. Oh yeah, zing! Take that, Spacey. That's the worst. That's the worst burn you're ever gonna feel. <laughs> <laughs> He's never yeah. recovered. Yeah, uh, no wonder the guy quit movies. He knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> and also, also, my I had Danny DeVito as Mini Me. So good. That was scratch good. the Tom Cruise movie. Just give me that movie. Just give yeah. me Danny yeah. DeVito running around, giving people the finger, shooting a machine gun. I'm over here. I'm Mini Me. <laughs> Danny DeVito can do anything. I mm-hmm. feel like, apart from open high kitchen cupboards. <laughs> He's got a step stool. Leave the man alone. Yeah. So, I mean, then it kind of seeks into this elaborate dance sequence. And these are always like the best part of yeah. these movies. Oh, these yeah, absolutely. Crazy fucking dance sequences they do at the start. Bas- Bossa Nova gets stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Sure. I think it's like George S. Clinton did the theme to this originally. But then we get like a yeah. Quincy Jones makes a cameo here as like, you know, conducting the orchestra for this movie score, which is cool. So really quickly with that, um, I feel like this one is kind of more focused on the musical kind of things do you think mike myers is a natural born dancer or did it take him like 
way too long to actually learn these moves. I don't know. I was thinking this because there's a scene later on where um, we're, and you know, we're skipping ahead a bit, but when mm. uh, we're introduced to Goldmember. Yeah. And he's um he's at the roller disco and Myers is like it's blatantly him on the skates doing right? some mm-hmm. of these moves. Now Myers plays hockey, right? So he can yeah. skate. Right. So he's he's got that kind of balance. But no, I think he's actually you know, I kinda feel like he's actually a fairly deft dancer in this film. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. Sure, and he commits to it. He commits to this opening, and I do like the openings of these films. I always think they're kind of peppy and quite sort of like catchy and whatever, but um it just kind of slides downhill after that. Why don't why don't more films open with a dance number? Like, why didn't Urban Legends 2 open with a dance number? Good question. I mean, if only. There are two kinds of things that movies should open with. Either a dance number or an animated credit sequence. They're the only two things that should be allowed in movies. <laughs> not enough people are adhering to that rule. Fucking movies. I like that he tries to give Spielberg notes. And then when it transitions into the... When it transitions into the, into the musical sequence, the person in the chair who's supposed to be Spielberg starts doing backflips. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like, I forgot to mention it. Spielberg is directing this movie, which is... And, and it's cool that they got Spielberg in it as well, right? It's like, yeah. He's there and he's kind of like fucking bragging he's about his Oscars. Being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> being a Spielberg. Um, yeah. And then uh, we get Britney Spears here in a cameo. Um, I guess her dad said this was okay. So, um, yeah. I don't know if this was pre or post conservatorship. I haven't looked uh, looked it up. I think the conservatorship started after this. I think it was around the time that she started hooking up with Kevin Federline that stuff okay. really started fucking going south for her. But yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of it dates this movie a little bit having Britney show up like this but also the song that she's doing is kind of fucking catchy it's probably like mm-hmm. one of the better songs on the soundtrack to this film i mean the movie could just fucking stop here right mm-hmm. i'd be like ah that was fun but what's the main feature um you'd be like you know this was like a cool 10 minute sketch yep but unfortunately there's like another 80 minutes to go so we should probably yep. just like fucking plow into that we cut to dr evil um <laughs> dr evil is basically lauren michaels yep i mean they say dr evil is from belgium but he doesn't sound very belgian to me i don't know well i mean he was uh what was it both of his parents died quote unquote and then he was given to a belgian farmer and then they somehow were in school together as well in the academy yeah yeah i mean the timeline's off (laughs) the timeline's kind of fucked on this film and it's not even like it's fucked from movie to movie it's like fucked within its own film it's kind of doesn't make a lot of sense yeah wouldn't it be a conflict of interest to put austin powers on the case of capturing dr evil if they had a previous existing relationship i don't think british intelligence gives a shit about that unfortunately <laughs> i don't think british intelligence is very intelligent by the looks of it oh take that british intelligence yeah they had it coming that's why you don't see british intelligence in movies anymore yeah. <laughs> so the so the uh dr evil's um company is now a talent agency oh yeah Robert- i kind of like this joke <laughs> Ro- number number two I, i'm t- constantly fascinated by number two's attempts in every movie to to be evil the corporate way and him constantly getting ignored uh by dr evil doesn't he like found starbucks in one yes of he invests well. in a small seattle-based coffee company <laughs> in the second movie and their entire boardroom area is like at starbucks and they don't really comment on it much in the background there's like an entire barista counter people are eating muffins they got constantly have cups of coffee in front of them i love the idea that all of Dr. Evil's money for his stupid evil plans comes from 
corporate greed. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? Yeah, there you go. We may have been on to something. Yeah, no, I like the talent agency joke. I think it's probably one of the funnier jokes in this film. The fact that they're um they're gonna undercut other agencies by yeah. only taking nine percent. I'm like, well, I would fucking sign for that. My agent's taking ten. I'll take that nine percent deal. Give it to me. We also get Fred Savage here yeah. playing uh, the assistant. Um, and hey, guess what? He's got a big old mole on his face. Yeah. And this is just the worst fucking runner of a joke that this movie has. It's insufferable for the same reason that the eye thing is insufferable in Wayne's World 2. It's because, like, Fred Savage is a good-looking dude. When you look at him long enough, you don't notice the fucking mole anymore. (laughs) You know, like, he's, he just... Yeah, but, I mean, the mole's fake anyway, right? That's not like a real mole. Yeah. I hope. I hope he had it removed if it's not. Yeah, it's like Kevin Pollock looked cool with a freaky eye and uh, and Fred Savage, you don't even fucking notice the mole after a while because he's a good looking dude, except except Austin keeps pointing it out. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's not funny. They just keep running it into the fucking ground. It wasn't funny the first time, so it's not going to be funny the fucking 12th time you do it. Mm -hmm. Here's how culturally significant that moment was in that movie. My mom makes that joke sometimes <laughs> yeah man randomly i've made that joke sometimes brian and i sometimes if we uh, yeah i can't remember what the context is but we have at times watch it if we're watching tv and it's absurd whenever my mom's making nachos she'll go i made some guacamole <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you guys were literally saying that Co and your mom and Megan, you and your husband were going around pointing at people with moles. No, 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 Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. look, there's like, he puts like 90 different spins on it, right? One of them is going to land. And yeah, the guacamole one is kind of funny, I guess. It's like what you said about the Borat thing. Like, you just end up quoting it without even thinking about where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I was saying that before we started recording about how Austin Powers was so kind of everywhere in the late 90s, early 2000s that yeah. every fucker had an Austin Powers impression. Every fucker had a Doctor Evil impression. And it just got so fucking dragged out it's the same as like with Bora. it's just kind of like it stopped being funny when people did the impression to the point where it's almost come back around full circle to the point where it is actually almost kind of funny now when somebody goes (laughs) my wife it's kind of fucking funny again (laughs) especially if you say it in front of somebody that has no idea what borat is well does anybody have no idea what borat is i again i just feel like that's such a such a hugely cultural thing at this point. It's like making references to Simpsons uh, episodes from the mid '90s, which we do a lot on this show. <laughs> <by head. laughs> like people our age are like, that's the language we speak. We speak in Simpsons quotes. I guess. <laughs> and I sometimes guess. younger people are like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Um, we get Mini Me here, played by the late great Vern Troyer, uh, yeah. re- reacting to the word chocolate like the way my dog reacts to the word cheese. <laughs> Or the way I react to the word cocaine. He kind of just bolts upright and um, we get this whole fucking mini-me. I mean, look, we played it on last week's show as part of the trailer. This whole mini-me 
loves chocolate, Scotty don't thing. Again, this joke just goes nowhere. It's just literally repeating the same fucking yeah. thing over and over again. This movie does this a lot and it wound yeah. me the fuck up. And Vern, Vern Troyer is a really good physical actor in this. Mm. We're, I was going to talk about it later, but yeah, Vern Troyer is the best thing in this fucking movie. Yeah, like, I mean, the character is heavily infantilized, but uh, he does a good job. Yeah. Physically. He's a good physical actor. I think a lot of this movie's humor was of its time. I mean, there's a lot of gross-out humor here, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes. There are there are so many potty jokes in this movie. Like they But even with the skin flakes? Oh yeah. god, no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. The Sorry. skin flakes, the I, can't, the I can't with that skin scene. The toilet humor, the pee. When he's picking those scabs off and putting them in that little fucking cigarette container? case. Uh. Just that's a keeper. That's a keeper. Oh, it's That's so a keeper. vile. <laughs> yeah, um, also Seth Green here playing Scott Evil. Uh, look, I like Seth Green in these films. I think he's yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Seth Green is is generally pretty fun in most of the things he appears in. Idle Hands was a movie that I loved when it came out. Mm. I watched it recently. doesn't hold up so much, but it does have one of the best audio commentaries I've ever heard. It's just like really? Seth Green and the director and Eldon Henson just goofing off for the whole thing. And they're like concocting lies about the movie. Like they try and convince everybody that Ricky Martin has a cameo in the film and he fucking doesn't. But they're just like, oh yeah, there's Ricky <laughs> Martin like fixing his car. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Also, he made Robot Chicken. Or he's one of the people yep. that made Robot Chicken. I love that show. Uh, yeah, it was good for a couple of seasons, I guess. I don't know. I haven't checked, I haven't checked in on <laughs> it in a while. On. I think they must have made about like 20 fucking seasons of Robot oh, Chicken yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. I saw a commercial for it a little while ago, and they did a Fortnite sketch. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. out. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm too old. Yep. No, yep. I, my, my, my favorite joke is the robot humping the washing machine. That's oh. timeless. So yeah, classic robot chicken <laughs> yeah. for sure. Never gets old. The, so the, all right. So but we should, we should probably like try and explain what the plot of this movie is. Plot. Um, basically there's a tractor beam that they want to mm-hmm. use to pull a meteor made of gold into the earth uh, and hold like the government for ransom. Who fucking cares, right? That's like, they, they obviously didn't care when they were coming up with this storyline. So why do they expect anybody watching it to fucking care? At this point in the movie and in this franchise this really is kind of the doctor evil show Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that sequels always do where they kind of pull supporting characters into the forefront Mm -hmm. and they kind of like make you realize those characters were a lot funnier in moderation i was trying to think of examples of this one that i thought of um was pitch perfect Mm. where uh, rebel wilson's character is pretty funny in the original and then they just drag her to the front and center of those sequels and the joke gets real thin real fast Mm -hmm. yeah Um, this is partly why I'm glad that they never got a fucking Beetlejuice sequel off the ground. Mm. Yeah. Because when you watch the original Beetlejuice, right? Beetlejuice is in that movie for maybe like 15 minutes tops. Yeah. You know, all right, he's the, the, his name's on the title, but he's not really featured in the film that much. Yeah. But when he does show up, it's fucking hilarious. It's great. For years, they were trying to get this movie called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian made, which involved <laughs> Beetlejuice going to Hawaii. Yeah. And I was uh-huh. like, please, please never fucking make that because it sounds terrible. Nath, why are you mad about this you should be you or you should why are you happy about this you should be mad that you don't have more ammunition for this show there's plenty already actually that's a very good point please make beetlejuice go to hawaii so that we can shit on it for 90 (laughs) minutes on a podcast that six people are listening to please hollywood (laughs) they made space jam a new legacy they could do anything yeah it's true that's true wait was beetlejuice in that I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he's kicking was around in the Probably. back of that movie. Oh. I think Let's so, not fucking yeah. get so back was... down into that fucking yeah, no, hole no, again. No, no, <laughs> no. 
So the so Goldmember is the one that created the tractor beam, and Doctor Evil wants to go find Goldmember so he can take his tractor beam technology. Um, it's not clear whether Goldmember is in 1975 originally or if he's just hiding there. Like it's extremely unclear as the movie goes on. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really figured out what his like point of origin is because yeah. he seems. Like a guy from the 70s, right? He's got like the mm-hmm. fucking gold short shorts on and yeah. he's roller boogieing around the place. But then also he seems perfectly fine when they drag him back to 2002. Yeah. Like he, you know, there's no kind of fish out of water thing there at all. He just seems to kind of take it all in his stride. Yeah. And why? So <clears throat> if we're under, if, if, if we're under the impression that Goldmember member traveled back to 1975 with Austin Powers' father... Yeah, because he took he kidnapped Nigel and took him to 1975 for sure. But wouldn't that cause like a time paradox? Wouldn't there be two Nigels back in 1975 and two Gold Members back? Do in- you think yes. Austin Powers in Gold Member gives the faintest of shits about <laughs> anything like that? Come on, this movie literally has a character called Fat Bastard in it. Come on. Anyway, yeah, okay. So no, yeah, Nigel Powers is played by Michael Caine. That's um, Austin Powers' dad. Austin Powers' entire arc hinges on the fact that his dad has not been present for his upbringing you know how his dad is never around Ooh, boo-hoo, get over it um daddy wasn't there that was a bop he does this fucking song daddy wasn't there yeah laura's right kind of a bop kind good. of a good tune. i mean it's a it's a bop but it feels like a, a song that should have occurred during like the credit sequence or something yeah sure um we get like Susanna hoff from the bangles playing uh playing fucking bass on this one as well which is kind of cool oh yeah and then we're so we're, we're hanging out with austin powers after he's been knighted dr evil basically gets arrested right at the start of this movie and thrown in prison uh, austin powers gets a knighthood from the queen this actress that plays the queen she's in so many fucking movies playing the queen <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure she's in those naked gun movies it's a good racket mm-hmm. she probably made more money than the actual queen at this point and then we get this whole fucking joke with these this japanese character that is like hitting on austin powers and her name wait for it her name is fook me yeah and oh hey guess what other languages and cultures have words that sound like cursing in english isn't that fucking hilarious and it's this whole fucking stupid giggling japanese schoolgirl archetype and it's lazy mm-hmm. and it's kind of fucking racist as well and there's like there's no reveal here other than the fact that she's got a sister called fook you that's it that's the fucking yeah. joke it's shit michael york then tells austin that that's enough when he goes on about this fucking stream of sailors that have had their dicks painted gold he literally gets told by a character in the movie to stop doing his shtick i'm like please can we have this character just following him around for the entire film (laughs) just basil following him around for the entire movie austin yeah uh there was also there was also a flashback to their academy years where the two of them are where dr evil and austin are roommates and then austin gets an award and then his dad's not there and Everybody laughs for some reason, which is really mean. Why would they laugh? On brand for this movie, it'd be mean in its humor, I guess. Um, My favorite character is the toothless janitor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he keeps, he keeps showing up in these crowd scenes to laugh. Like, Well, I'm just saying that he used to work at the Academy, and now he's cleaning up for the Queen. So clearly the janitor's doing he's moving well for up. himself. Yeah, exactly. So. That is character progress. Movie. Or, yeah. um, or he traveled back in time. 
<laughs> to the academy to have a laugh at Austin Powers because he's a time traveling janitor. I maybe it. the uh, the janitor is the real antagonist of this film. I don't know. Maybe that was like. Didn't one of you guys say there was a free hour cut of this film kicking around somewhere? Yes. Oh god, that sounds horrible. Release the three hour gold member cut. Oh please don't ever release that. Please follow the link it. below to sign our petition. <laughs> release the roach cut. We want to. Because, yeah, because it's saying in here that Heather Graham had a scene and it got cut and so did Will Ferrell. Yeah, I kind of noticed that Will Ferrell was like completely absent from this movie after being in the first two. One of the funnier things about the first two movies is Will Ferrell's character, Mustafa, and uh, he's just completely not in this film. It felt Mm -hmm. weird. I mean, he's doing brown face. Yeah. I wish he wasn't. Yeah. Well, well, now I just feel like a fucking dick for saying he was funny, (laughs) so thanks. (laughs) No, the joke is solid. The fact that he's doing brownface and doing a voice and wearing a fez. I guess. He's meant to be be like Egyptian or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the joke would work just as well if he wasn't made up like that. Like, would he be... Is it is it okay if he wears the fez but doesn't do brown face? White guys yeah. can wear fez. Okay. Doctor Who wore a fucking fez. Doctor ha- ha- yeah. Doctor exactly. Fez wore a who. <laughs> <laughs> Horton heard a fez. What? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that joke would have worked just as well if he hadn't been doing a voice and browning up his face. Sure. Also, these young actors playing young Austin and young Doctor Evil. Mm-hmm. Pretty good job. Yeah. Is it two people or one person? No, it's two I different can't people. Tell. I think it's two, oh, is it? act- it's two different actors, yeah. Oh, okay. I, like I said, I can't do faces. I can't. Pretty convincing job by both of them, I think. And even the guy playing like young number two as well does a pretty yeah. good job. Yeah, he was very handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I could think of with young Dr. Evil was that he looked like one of the war boys from Fury Road. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. God, he does, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn. Shiny okay. and chrome. Right? <laughs> Looks like Nux. Let me just say, though, one of the things I never realized as a kid was that um, it, it always kind of confused me was during that scene, uh, Dr. Evil's like, or I guess he's Master Evil at that point. He doesn't have his doctorate <laughs> yet. Um, he, he's like, I'm number one. I'm number one. And then like kinda, people are kind of giving him like side glares. And then Austin wins International Man of Mystery. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they like pranked him, like they swapped the list so that Dr. Evil was at the top of the list instead of yeah, Austin? Yeah, sure. I, think, I don't know. Am I reading too much into that scene? Maybe. I don't know. I think they wanted him to scream, I'm number one, is all it was. So they could all laugh at him and say, ha ha, you're... Oh, okay. And then introduce number two. I thought the takeaway was that Dr. Evil was better academically, but Austin still won the International Man of Mystery. Because he had mojo. Yeah, he mm. had mojo. Mojo. Mojo, baby. Um, can, I, can I say another thing about the mojo really quick? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and I didn't really understand human biology very well. Yeah. And I saw I think it's the second movie where he loses his mojo. It is, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was legit. Like I thought I had like purple jelly in my balls that like <laughs> <laughs> and that was like my mojo. I thought that was like a thing. You mean you mean you don't? <laughs> because I'm constantly seeing purple jelly. Oh no. Meth. I'm sorry. So they thought that Dr. Evil took a sip of Austin Powers' uh, testicle jelly? Yeah. Oh, I did. He was drinking his cum. And it made him horny. I thought men had mojo. Like, I thought that was a thing. <laughs> I clearly was too young to be watching these movies. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We then get this fucking, this whole Silence of the Lambs bit between Austin yeah. Powers and Dr. Evil. And it's like, hi, the 1990s are on the phone. They're asking if they can have their fucking parody yeah. back. Yeah. 
Uh, they also want their fucking joke about wanting things back back, but never mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This whole Sons of the Lambs thing, I was, just, I was like, so no. Just Is no, that what that was? Yeah, when he's in the cage and he's like running up to the fucking glass and stuff, it's very Hannibal Lecter-esque. It's, um, it's kind of dated even by 2002. That joke felt pretty fucking old. It had already been done a lot better in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, like literally <laughs> fucking 10 years before this movie, so. Yeah. I had um I had told Cohen while we were just re-watching it that I didn't... I have never noticed that Dr. Evil like breaks out of the... Yeah the cage and then brings the door back in he's just he like, accidentally oh, no. pops the door open yeah. i don't know if that Never. was originally written into the scene or if he did it by accident and then he just like rolled with it <laughs> either way i love it <laughs> it's a key it's a cute aside yeah. it just goes to show that there are good bits in these movies that are oh, pretty yeah, timeless yeah. but like overall <laughs> there's a lot of smaller jokes that like the the smaller jokes that nobody comments on are the best ones because like the ones that stand on their own like in the first movie the first time we meet basil austin's talking to him on a car video phone that's like crystal clear and mm-hmm. and kind of snappy looking and you know you can see everything and then later on when he's in the 90s and Basil contacts him, it's through a laptop and it's AOL and it's like a grainy, choppy video. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like implying that like 90s tech is worse than 60s tech or something. Like it doesn't even <laughs> track like what do you think about oh, it? That's but awesome. it's just kind of it's just kind of a funny uh, um, <laughs> difference. Like just a lot of stuff like that, a lot of good physical acting. But like it's the it's the you know it's the running gags that are really the mm-hmm. thing that drags down these movies. Yeah, it really is. Um, Austin Powers goes back to 1975 to find Goldmember, who has kidnapped his dad or some shit. I don't know. I don't fucking care at this point. Um, <laughs> there's like more cultural appropriation going on here until fucking oh, thank fuck, Beyonce. Shows Shows up ah. um, playing Foxy Cleopatra. Hey, that's a Pam Greer joke. We love Pam Greer on this show. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of, I don't know, she's the love interest in this movie and it's kind of sketchy because Myers is like fucking 20 years older than her. She's only like 21 when she shoots this. Yeah. Um, there's this, she has this line where she says, oh, I haven't heard from you in eight years. Yeah. Which implies the, the last time she saw Austin Powers and hooked up with him, she was 13. Yeah. I wondered about that too, because she said eight years and I'm like, uh, wait a second. Even if we're aging her character up slightly, there's no way Beyonce is like any older than 25 in this movie. And even then it's still like super sketch. Huh? I mean, they're, they have a pretty sexless relationship in this movie. It, it kind of implies that they might've had sex in the context of this movie, but it's not really emphasized. Sure. It's not as much as it is in the first two movies. With, yeah, uh, yeah. And Liz Hurley. I think they, they kind of, they had to dial it down. I was saying to Laura that, it was hard for me to suspend my disbelief that Mike Myers had sex with Beyonce. Just pretend that he didn't. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd rather not fucking picture that if it's all the same. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. baby, yeah. <laughs> she's far too good for him. And she's kind of too good for this movie as well. But, yes, you know, she deserved a better movie. This was her first movie. I, I can't blame her for wanting to like break out into a franchise as big as this. But mm. I kind of feel like her character's pretty underwritten. Yeah. We also get Myers again playing Gold Member. And the joke is he likes gold, apparently. Oh, and he's Dutch as well. And he roller skates. And he's great 
gross. I mean, like I say, Myers is doing his own skate in here, so that's kind of impressive. But I, I'm from Holland, isn't that weird? Yeah, that's the gag. Isn't that weird? No, not really. I kind of fucking hate this character. I think this is the worst character in any of these movies. Mm-hmm. I just don't find anything he says or does particularly funny. And I know a lot of people were kind of like going around doing the fucking whole smoking a pancake thing for a long time (laughs) after this movie came out but also newsflash folks that isn't fucking funny either and look i don't want to be the arbiter of fucking what is and what isn't funny that's not my role yeah that's not my position humor is a massively subjective thing (laughs) but i will categorically say this is not fucking funny and you should not fucking be laughing at it that's amazing that you said that because um before we started laura turned to me and goes what's the smoking a pancake like what's the joke there and i i had to explain it i was like Maybe I'm missing it too, but I was like, I don't know. It's like a like you smoke a cigarette and you eat a pancake, and then a cigar and a waffle. You smoke a cigar, eat a waffle for breakfast. You know, pipe in a crepe, bong in a blintz. It's same deal all the way through. It's it's the that's the joke, I guess. And as that's I was explaining it, I was like, wow, that's not funny. No, nope. that's why I was so confused because I was like, is there some kind of like. Because it doesn't sound like anything, like smoking a pancake. Yeah. It's not like he's saying it in a funny accent and it sounds like something else, right? I was just like... Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, it was just an it's accent It's not even thing. a euphemism, really. It's just... Yeah. yeah. It's just, oh, these two things seem a little weird when you put them together, but not really. Yeah. Here, here's the joke four more times. Yeah. That's this movie's MOFO is here's the joke again, just in case you didn't catch it the first six times. Now, I have to admit that because I watched the other two movies first when i saw this movie because i was so sick of watching dr evil um i i mean aside from the skin eating thing which is stomach churning it was like watching gold member on screen actually like it felt like a little bit of a break between from (laughs) the dr evil stuff the dr evil show as you call it like the the dr evil drama interdepartmental drama whereas you know this is just a happy dutch dude with roller skates that eats skin and likes gold um i'm not seeing he's a great character i'm just saying it was nice to see something different on screen villain wise you know i feel like i feel like there could have been less dark a lot less dr evil in this movie and just Mm -hmm. just have gold member as the villain and just have dr evil in jail for most of the movie doing a back and forth with austin and just drop the whole brother father whatever thing like i hate that i hate that storyline oh we will we'll get to that in a minute but yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're saying that the skin eating was really disgusting, but I think you're also forgetting that Austin in the second movie drinks fat bastards no, nutty shit. I'm not <laughs> forgetting right. that at all. I'm just choosing not to talk about it because it is vile. It's disgusting. Um, we get a Nathan Lane cameo here for no real reason, <laughs> but hey, it's Timon, so you know, always cool to see Nathan Lane show up and stuff. I guess I love it's it's a parody of another movie, uh, but like I I yeah I love the thing with Nathan Lane. Always cool to see Nathan Lane stuff. Um, yep. I don't know. I feel like this franchise kind of should have just stayed in the nineties. I can't believe that this is a movie that came out in the twenty first century. <laughs> it feels so fucking dated. Like, yeah. I mean, even by the time the first sequel had come out, and I don't dislike the first sequel. I think there are kind of a few good jokes in The Spy Who Shagged Me, um, but it felt kind of stale by the end of that movie. It felt like this had mm-hmm. run its course. Yeah. Um, but no, here we are. We get Michael Caine half-assing it as Nigel Powers. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently they originally wanted Sean Connery to play this role and he told him to fuck off, which is great. So. <laughs> <laughs> is this 
pre or post LXG? Because after LXG, he quit acting, basically, right? I think the I think he was actually shooting LXG at the time because I remember uh-huh. being in Prague when they were shooting LXG, and um, it was probably like around about 2002. Maybe it was a little later after this movie, actually. But no, ooh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, what a fucking shit show that movie turned out to be. Yeah, um, they keep making this same fucking joke about Goldmember losing his dick in a smelting accident, and it's like, yeah, we get it. Okay, you've already said it a million fucking times. Dicks made of gold. We get it, yeah? Like, you don't have to keep repeating the gag. We understand that this guy has golden uh, genitalia. Uh, Fucking whatever. He he lost his dick in a smelting accident, but is it still there or is it gone? It's gone because it's the... Does he look like a Ken doll? It's made of gold. No, it's gone. He just has... He probably just has a very... Yeah, he's got like a smooth fucking, you know, genitalia area around his crotch. It's just all gold. Yeah. Okay, but he pulls his dick off at the end of the movie. I was going to say, spoiler alert, he uses it as a key. (laughs) He fucks the machine, yeah. No, his dick is now made of gold. He replaced his dick with a key, basically. (laughs) You think? I think so. Yeah. That's, that was my takeaway. <laughs> well, it said unfortunate smelting accident, which leads me to believe like he loved gold so much he tried to fuck liquid gold and it oh, just Oh yeah, they imply that he off. is that's... fucking gold, which is just <laughs> dumb as all shit, but okay. I'm assuming that's what happened to his dick? I don't know. They don't go into gory detail about it. They just keep bringing it up. Isn't there a scene in Austin, in, in almost, I said Austin Powers, in James Bond... Golden eye or whatever, where the the ladies painted all gold. Goldfinger, yeah, that's oh, kind gold of the, the setup. Is the the villain from Goldfinger likes to paint people gold, uh, which then causes them to asphyxiate because their skin can't breathe, so they die. Um, mm, mm. That's infinitely cooler. Well, yeah, I mean that's what this movie's playing on, right? That's the whole kind of gold member thing, except instead of painting people gold, he got a gold dick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Michael Caine says that he hates the Dutch. I bet Michael Caine actually does hate Dutch people in real life as well oh my I get god a, i get a feeling that michael kane really doesn't care for the dutch came from a real place anyway everybody fucks off back to 2002 we spend like literally the best part of 10 minutes in 1975 it's like couldn't we have just like hung out here a little longer i don't know yeah we get dr evil in prison here um and we get a little cameo from tiny lister debo from friday uh shows up for like two lines and then we get fucking dr evil's rendition of jay-z's hard knock life ghetto anthem <laughs> could just do without it in this film thanks nah iconic it plays like some white guy was flicking through channels and saw half a hip-hop video on mtv once it's just really cringe inducing i like it i like it i think it's funny i don't know it reminded me i don't know if you guys remember this but um there was a a hurricane katrina fundraiser not long after katrina i mean it would have been weird if it was before right (laughs) and um Mike Myers was on stage, like, presenting one of the fucking segments with Kanye West. Mm. And Kanye West just went off script and just went, yeah, this is why George Bush hates black people. Yeah. And it cuts to Mike Myers standing there dumbfounded, (laughs) not knowing what the fuck to say. Oh, he was there for that? Yeah, he's literally on stage with Kanye at the same time. And he's just standing there like... I don't know how to fucking respond to that. I don't know what I'm meant to say now. Oh, I, I want to see that clip so bad. And it, and it fucking, that's what this music video made me think of. It was just like, yeah. this fucking white guy who really is just not getting any of it at all. But I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that whole Kanye, Mike Myers thing is funnier than anything in this fucking movie, by the way. So, yeah. Um, this is great. 
Yeah, so basically back in 2002, Austin introduces Foxy Cleopatra to the internet, um, and he shows her a video of a chimp falling off a tree, but it has like America's Funniest Home Videos branded on it. Is that the best internet gag this movie can come up with in 2002? She laughed way too hard at that yes. falling out of the <laughs> she tree. Did. She must have been laughing at something else. It couldn't have been the monkey. Wasn't anything in this movie. No way. When Austin rescues his dad and they decide to speak English English, Nath, can you answer <laughs> this question? <laughs> Is that is that Lego that they're using? No, it's a uh, it's um it's a play on like Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, most of it is just gibberish. It's fucking nonsense. No, like okay, I don't claim to be any kind of fucking linguistics expert on Cockney rhyming slang. I lived in London for like four years. I heard that kind of lingo most of the time when I was out and about. But no, what they're talking is mostly just nonsense. But that's kind of I guess that's kind of the joke. But it's not a very good one. The thing I take away from that conversation always is when they say the one who is all sixes and sevens mm-hmm. like meaning mm. she's crazy and i don't know why but that stuck with me through the years like that 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 makes so much sense in my mind like i don't know why yeah i don't even know what the etymology of that joke is but <laughs> the, only, the only part of that i remember is something about shitting on a turtle and then they and shat, she on, shat a turtle. on a turtle yeah that mean, means nothing <laughs> but but i guess it's funny right um yeah, we get more fucking mole jokes here because it turns out that Fred Savage is legitimately actually a mole inside Dr. Evil's organization. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. God, it's just really just fucking, it's just like getting drilled in the forehead with these fucking gags. Yeah. And yeah, we have this revelation that Goldmember likes to eat flakes of his own skin. Oh, just like, what was the point of this joke? Was it just to make me wretch? Because if that was the point, then it worked. Because I felt like throwing up when mm. I was watching this. I mean, surely the reaction from a comedy should be to make you laugh, not to make you fucking puke, yeah? There's a lot of nauseating jokes in this movie. Yeah, I mean, even Dr. Evil thinks Goldmember is kind of a shit character. He keeps kind of like cutting him off yeah. and telling him to shut up, which is kind of funny. <laughs> There's this thing where Michael Caine wants to see Mini-Me's cock, and the gag is that yeah. Mini-Me has an unproportionately large dick he's kind of like oh it's like a tripod yeah i don't know just, that just felt weird watching that everybody is sexually harassing each other in this movie like mm. it just pretty much um so i think sorry just a bit of an offshoot here i think if they made an austin powers 4 it would be like 2010 to maybe like 2015 times or maybe not even maybe when the whole me too movement was happening and everything and they kind of out Austin Powers as like this sexual deviant. Oh, they cancel Austin Powers? I think Powers? that would be hilarious. Yeah, that yeah. would work. That would actually, you know what? That would actually probably work if they were going to do it and they were just going to have him yeah. basically brought up for all of the shit that he's done in his life. Yeah, fuck it. I'd probably watch that. It'd probably be better than anything going on in this film. You hear me, Jay Roach? You listening, Jay Roach? <laughs> Are you too busy making movies about Megan Kelly? I don't know. We fucking go to Tokyo and, oh, here we go. Here's the chronically unfunny fat bastard character. Uh, and he's a sumo wrestler now because you see the joke is, is he's fat, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he poops a lot because he is fat. Yep. That is the joke. Yep. Do you get it? Do you see the joke? Yeah? I don't know. I just, I kind of like, I didn't find this character particularly funny when he showed up in Spy Who Shagged Me, and bringing him back here just feels completely superfluous to this film. Yeah. What was his, he was the informant. Wasn't that the, was he the informant? Or what was? He's the guy that steals Austin's mojo while he's frozen. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, in this movie, what was his point, what was his purpose in this movie, in, in Goldmember? Oh, okay. Um, 
I don't know. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he he was just uh, the sumo. They heard that one of Doctor Evil's operatives was at the sumo match, and then they see that the operative in question is Fat Bastard. Oh. Uh... And then they talk to him afterwards, and after a protracted amount of jokes about sumo diapers or whatever, um, uh, poop and poop in the sumo diapers, and uh, Fat Bastard rubbing his nipples a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he gives up the info. <laughs> I mean, look, the the prosthetics on Fat Bastard are actually pretty good. Like, the whole kind of, like, the actual look is quite impressive. I don't know. Mike Myers doing the Scottish accent, sometimes it works for me. When he does it in So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is a criminally underrated movie and probably Myers' best film, um, when he does it playing Myers' fa- character's father in that film, it's pretty fucking funny, and he kind of nails it in that movie. With Fat Bastard, it doesn't ever feel... And look, I'm speaking to somebody that knows a fair few fat scottish people right uh, he doesn't ever feel like he fucking nails it right like um yeah i don't know it just oh i just i hate this character so much i mean it, you know why you hate him because he's basically shrek mm. i mean he kind of is pro shrek really isn't he uh a little bit it kind of is a little bit. lot of poop jokes loves filth a lot of fucking filthy jokes he's all about filth he's got a big tummy Ugh, god he's got layers now Please don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, like I said, I feel bad for Beyonce. She's in this scene having to kind of like watch Myers fart around. And there, there's a pretty good joke where the wire fucking breaks here. Yeah, where like he's yeah. doing oh, the, yeah, fucking, the wire stunt joke. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Scott Evil actually manages to like win his father's approval after like two movies of trying to get his dad to like him because he actually makes these sharks with lasers on their heads. Yes. <laughs> so basically this results in Scott getting a seat at the head table and Mini-Me getting mm-hmm. shoved aside. Solid acting from Vern Troyer in this bit. He actually, when he's like <laughs> dejected, I actually felt kind of bad for him. I mean, that's his whole identity. He is a clone, right? He was built to be with him and now that he can't be with Dr. Evil, then... Who is he? He's been replaced by his own flesh and blood. Uh, And it's kind of funny that, like, Scott Evil is kind of losing his hair as well, and he starts having, like, this fucking comb over that's kind of a good sight gag. Um, There is literally a fucking... They go to Tokyo, and there's literally a a Mr. Roboto joke here, which is just the laziest fucking Japanese joke (laughs) you can do. There is this set piece here, though, where um, the punchline is that Austin Powers appears to be pissing into this henchman's mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, they do this yeah. whole thing with a fountain where he's like hiding behind a fountain and then he knocks out a guard. It's kind of the payoff was actually pretty funny, but at this point, I checked the clock and there was still 30 minutes left on this movie. Yeah. And I, just wanted, right? I kind of curled Same. up and wanted to fucking die at this point. Same. Oh, you're so hard on this film. Because the pacing in this movie is terrible. Yeah. The, just it, it reaches a weird point and then it kind of flips to almost like a completely different movie. Yeah. And yeah, like I don't like the the, the show shadow puppet oh god they repeat that whole fucking joke from the second movie yeah. right yeah they did it in the second movie and in this one they do it more or less multiple times where it's like from a angle it looks like something weird is happening and then some mook is about to barf or whatever ain't, ain't perspective funny um are we not going to talk about the uh the subtitles joke oh yeah the white and white subtitles yeah and basically implying like- he can see them in real life 
Yeah, and basically it would be like the Japanese man was insulting him and then Mike Myers is just like, or Austin was just like, you can't say that. And then it's no, no, no. And then they would switch it to say what it actually is. Didn't do it. Didn't do anything. <laughs> no. Didn't, didn't, didn't do it do for it you. Didn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I, That's you know, fair. I, just didn't. I didn't find it funny. I like when he said he had a huge rod. It's clever because it actually needs the movement in, in, it's not just something that he says and hopes that it's a laugh. It's actually physical. It's sure. tangible. Yeah. I guess that's the difference for me. <laughs> it's like, I feel like we're beating a dead horse. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what this movie is doing as well, might I add. Um, yes. Honestly, yeah. Goldmember keeps mm. saying Scheiser um, when he means to say shit, but Scheiser is German for shit. Yes. Yeah. In Dutch, it should be Stront is what he should be saying. Stront. Like, did nobody Stront. fucking bother to research that? Did nobody even think? That? It took me, like, literally three <laughs> seconds to Google that. So, um, Google didn't exist in 2002. Google no. absolutely existed in 2002. <laughs> It absolutely Apparently. existed. Um, German, German, ger- the German language didn't exist, or Dutch language. I don't know. This is a dumb joke. No, 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 you're right. I forgot <laughs> the the Dutch only started speaking their own language in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> There's this scene where they're driving around with this Godzilla model stuck to the top of the car. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> is it Come on. Is it fun? Because Come all on. of these Japanese people are running around screaming. Because yeah. Japanese people sure are dumb and they sure do think Godzilla's a real thing. No, it's the Godzilla and then it's just like, but it's not Godzilla though. Tell me you wouldn't run for cover. I like the visual gag of the of them accidentally bumping the kaiju float and the kaiju float kind going off course and people running away from it. I, yes. That I think is funny. But the fact that they were like, oh, it's Godzilla. But yeah. it's not actually good. To- I didn't like that bit. Oh. I, I thought it was overdoing it. I oh, think that it it's funny. something that should have just been left in the background that you notice it and you're like, ah. <laughs> hey, you know who the, the actor is saying that they're not allowed to say Godzilla because the copyright is? It's uh, Masioka from Heroes. He played Hero in Heroes. Uh, it was kind of cool to see him in a pre-Heroes role, but I don't know. I guess I just perked up when I saw him for a second. But, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just like Godzilla and therefore any mention of it. I'm just like, wow. Sure. Godzilla. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good kaiju joke, but uh, yeah, I love a good kaiju joke. <laughs> I feel like they could have been a little bit more subtle with it. Like, yeah, just I have agree. it in the background. We know what the joke is. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be told that it looks like Godzilla. We know that that's what it looks ask like. In this movie, it'd be subtle about anything. Is kind of a big <laughs> yeah, ask. No. You got to be on for the ride for all of it or none of it. That's it. <laughs> so okay, so then we get like le- the only time I legitimately laughed out loud in this film, and I felt kind of bad for doing it. But um, Mini Me defects to the good guys because he's so pissed at Doctor Evil, mm-hmm. but nobody's told Austin Powers, and he comes into the hotel room and finds <laughs> Mini Me holding this <laughs> knife when he's trying to open a letter, and he just fucking punts mini me into across the room into a fridge and it's just such a good visual gag seeing this tiny yeah. wee guy go flying yeah. across the room i i yeah. genuinely laughed at that bit but then they drag out this fight scene for like another five yeah. minutes and i was like okay it was funny for like 10 seconds now it's just boring please stop in in fairness mini me was trying to open somebody else's mail oh. i mean that's not a reason to punt him across a fucking room for <laughs> yes that that's is illegal illegal. <laughs> okay. illegal okay well you know what next time i open my neighbor's mail i fully expect her to come in <laughs> <laughs> kick me across my fucking living room um i think when he put him in the bag is when the fight sh- like that that's when it started to get to oh, the God, yeah. point where it was like okay this is going on a little long yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It went on far too long. Although I think he is the cutest when he is in his Austin Powers costume. Oh, yeah, that's right. They dress Mini Me up like Austin Powers. That's yeah, yeah. That's kind of cute. You're right. Um, I I loved it, and he's hitting on um Beyonce. Oh, he says like, exactly do you have a, how I would. Yeah, hit do you on have like a little Beyonce. clone in you? And- Are you sure you haven't got a little clone in you? No. Do you do want, you want one? one? Uh, that's kind of grim. Smooth. <laughs> when I was a kid, I never understood that joke. I just thought it was like an unfinished sentence. Yeah. I was like, do you, do you want one what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's funnier that way. Maybe if it was just completely non sequitur, <laughs> it would be funnier. <laughs> Maybe that's why we like this. Yeah. Slightly less um, sexually harassing than, than it turns out to be. Oh, fuck. We get this repeat of like the innuendo edits from the second movie where we get like a bunch of different cinnamon synonyms for boobs. Um, it's a boob mm-hmm. satellite. And then we cut to the Osbournes uh, just to make sure oh, that this movie yeah. is firmly rooted in 2002. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, they managed to call out this gag for fucking being a rehash from the last movie and that kind of stops it in its tracks. Yeah. Did you notice in the credits there was a bunch of outtakes from that? Because apparently it takes Ozzy Osbourne a long time just to read, like, one lie. Yeah, I mean, yep. doesn't surprise <laughs> me in the slightest. He's just completely incapable of being, Yeah, you know. well, he is from Birmingham. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, sick burn on all Ooh. the Birmingham listeners. Ah, you had it coming. <laughs> Nobody's going to be going to Birmingham anymore now I've said that. Oh. Uh, we get a fucking, another joke about, there's a lot of jokes about Austin Powers peeing here uh, when Mini-Me is like, the, it's like the shadow thing we just talked about. Mini-Me spits out this apple juice and it. Oh my God. But Mini-Me being the legs though. Yeah, they're in a trench coat. Come on. <laughs> Where he's like, one of us is going to have to stand on the other's shoulders, and then like- <laughs> and then Austin stands on his shoulders, and it's just this protracted joke of where they're in a trench coat, which, sure, fine, it's funny the first few seconds, and then... Yeah, exactly. And then they oh, you course- gotta do your physical, and it's like, oh man, really? Really? I want to know how they shot that. Yeah, I mean, it is a fairly convincing gag, right? It's fairly convincing the way they do it. I think he was actually on his shoulders. Amazing. Vern Troyer might have been a fucking, an absolute unit for all we know. He might have been able to fucking, <laughs> yeah. he might have been able to carry Mike Myers' flabby ass around. He just could deadlift full-size people onto his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Isn't that how he died? Wasn't he like deadlifting six guys and they squashed him? <laughs> Jesus, rest in peace. R.I.P. Vern Troyer. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Vern Troyer. He's used to carrying this whole uh, franchise on his shoulders. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> Mike Myers. Take that. Mike Myers, you ain't gonna be making movies anymore now after that burn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we're on a roll today. Yeah, fucking hell, man. We're just slaying them left, right, and center. <laughs> we get this fucking revelation that Austin Powers and Dr. Evil are actually brothers. Ugh, what the fuck is lame. this? This is so uh, lame. Uh, we but we do get a flashback scene here where they're using like archive footage of um, Michael Caine. Yeah, it's from another movie. But and also podcast nerd fucking thing here. But they use a double for him, and that double is actually played by Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang fame. Oh. Um, more like more like not in the movie, man. That's a Comedy Bang Bang joke. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of like there's a, there's all this farting around in the fucking Doctor Evil's base where um, mm-hmm. everybody kind of defects over to Austin Powers' side. Apart from Goldmember, we find out that the key that he's going to use to launch the tractor beam is his dick, as previously mentioned. And then the fucking movie just kind of ends, like so many of these Mike yeah. Myers movies. It just kind of grinds to a halt. Gold members defeated, and we end up at the fucking premiere of Austin Pussy, the movie that they were shooting at the start of the film. And mm-hmm. oh me oh my, we get John Travolta playing Gold Member here, which is 
Amazing. Oh, yeah. man. I know. <laughs> what are you doing? Amazing. It was amazing. Stop it. <laughs> we meet Fat Bastard post-Subway diet. He took... There's a there's a fucking Jared from Subway fucking name check here. Mentions Jared. Oh, oh my God. God. He's like, my neck looks like a vagina. That did not age well. A joke about Jared yeah. from Subway. That aged about as well not. as having Kevin Spacey in your fucking movie. Yeah. Nobody's safe. <laughs> yeah, we get um, this final fucking gag of Seth Green is now evil, and he, he does like an <laughs> evil laugh, and, and that's kind of it. The movie just kind of fucking I, stops. I gotta say, I, I love the moment where Scott is like, I fought so hard for your love, and now you're going to change sides? Yeah, exactly. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> He, in fairness, he says that in every movie. Yeah, but I think he. Oh, meant sorry, it he was there. saying that to Austin. I hate. I he hates Austin. I hate now. you. I hate you. I, I kind of laugh when he's like when he turns to Beyonce. And says, "I don't even know who you are, but I hate you." I was like, "Oh damn, <laughs> she didn't do anything to you." What are you doing? Yeah. It's Beyonce. Leave her the fuck alone, Seth Green. I mean, I like I like when Nigel's got art got a bunch of guards coming at him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, do you know who I am?" <laughs> He's like, I, I, I've, I've killed more nameless guards than I, than, than I can count in my lifetime. You're not even wearing a name tag. Yeah, the whole you're not even. You don't even a have name a name tag. tag. Pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Why don't you just lay down on the floor or something <laughs> like does. that? Just yeah, like, that was great. Yeah, and there's some uh, things. And then we get this fucking little scene in the post credits as well after the Osborns bit where um, Brittany starts hitting on Mini Me because apparently he has a big dick. You know, fucking yeah, that's what it takes, I guess. For <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, and that's it. That's the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fucking, <sighs> they've been talking about trying to make a fourth movie for quite a while now, and it seems to stall every time they try and get it off the ground. Yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> I don't have a problem with them ever going back to this. Like, just please leave it alone now. I kind of feel like you can't really do these movies anymore. Austin Powers gets cancelled. Uh, I mean, throughout the movie, I was like, oh, I want Foxy to get her own movie. Or, oh, I want Scott to get his own movie. Or, oh, I want to see more of Nigel's adventures. Like, I, every character I was interested in was not played by Mike Myers. They kind of set it up so that Scott was going to take over. Like, he does yeah. a little, like, disco dance at the end and he's in the lair and everything like yeah I, it, to me that was like they were setting it up like oh yeah he's gonna be the antagonist next movie. i mean the the version that i heard was that there was a script going around that very much focused on young dr evil and young austin powers um whether mm. you get myers to play those characters i mean mike myers is pushing into his 60s nearly at this point i kind of feel like it's, it's yeah. gonna be you're going to have to do some serious Irishman de-aging to get him looking like he's a fucking young man anymore. But um, Technology. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I also kind of feel like I don't want to sit through another 90 minutes of just fucking Dr. Evil doing his shtick and Austin Powers doing his shtick. I just kind of feel like I don't have that in me to, to watch that. I mean, mm -hmm. it felt tired by the time this movie rolled around in 2002. Um, and the fact that trying to revive it 20 years later would just be a bad idea. But I do want to see Beyonce do a Pam Greer style movie. Yeah, fucking a. Let's as, let's, a, as a joke or as a serious. No, thing? No, let's have it as a serious thing. Let's have Beyonce yeah. do a fucking updated version of Foxy Brown or Coffee or something like that. I mean, why not? Yeah, I would fucking love to see that. I think that ship has sailed. 
You think? I think Beyonce is way too much of like a superstar now. She's a mom. Well, yeah, that too. But like, she doesn't need to do these things to be a celebrity. You know what I no, mean? No, but that's the thing is yeah. she doesn't need to do it to be a celebrity, which would make it even better because she's got nothing to that's fucking true. lose by doing it. She can do she it. She chooses you know? to yeah. do it. I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like she's way past that. Like she's like, I feel like the idea is that Beyonce has entered superstardom with like, mm-hmm. uh, like she's untouchable. She's she's like beyond everyone you know what i mean she's part of the illuminati (laughs) (laughs) she knows where all the bodies are buried that's right lizard people are Mm -hmm. where jay-z's dick has been Ooh, um, that's right yeah yeah. i don't know Uh, cone weren't you saying something about you used to play the fucking austin powers video games (laughs) i i never played them i wish oh man but there are four austin powers video games and a collectible card game are they like leisure suit larry so i'm gonna start with the card game okay okay Uh, i'm just gonna read the (laughs) description off wikipedia because i didn't even know this existed it is an out of print collectible card game based on the austin powers franchise introduced in 1999 um spy who shagged me being the only set released it included 140 cards based on photos quotes and concepts from the austin powers film franchise an expansion titled international man of mystery was scheduled to follow uh, the initial release, but poor advertising and interest in the game <laughs> caused any subsequent expansions to be cancelled. Good. It was placed on indefinite hold in 2000, even though the project was never officially cancelled. I mean, I can kind of understand the the desire for that to an extent, but I don't understand how you turn this into a video game. There's no... Well, okay, okay. So, there's no description of how to play on the Card article. Game? So, I feel like it's just lost to time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Um, however, there there was a PC trivia game oh. called austin powers operation trivia was it just like a buzzfeed quiz or something what the fuck i don't know i think it was just like is a question here i'm gonna read the the description again really quick uh is a trivia question game based on the austin powers film in the game dr evil has kidnapped austin powers and is holding him at the electric psychedelic pussycat swingers club where he forces austin to play a trivia game show called win lose or die if dr evil wins he takes over the earth win lose or die is hosted by a robot character (sighs) who does not appear in the austin powers (sighs) films yeah that sounds dreadful um the player chooses was this a flash game no no it's like a piece oh, so, sorry no it's a cd-rom yeah game, cd-rom that's yeah. what they sold this in oh stores God. i mean they tried to sell it in stores there's a two-player option the game features over 500 questions in relation to the austin powers film oh my god 500 the reception of the game it got a 56 on game rankings <laughs> uh a four out of five on all game uh, 3.8 out of 10 on GameSpot. What? ign give it an 8 out of 10 what so it's pretty much all over the board but uh yeah pretty bad in 1999 for the game critics award austin powers operation trivia was nominated in the category of best puzzle trivia or parlor game but it lost to um jammer lammy hey. which is a parappa the rapper Fucking a. i love um jammer lammy uh, prequel yeah um there are two game boy games yeah. okay uh austin powers oh behave and austin powers welcome to my underground lair oh my god the there the same game um <laughs> the only difference is like it's like a reskin like either you're austin powers or you're dr evil and they sold them as separate games yeah they're two separate games they're That's basically just wow. reskins of each Shameless. other and there it is uh international man in a platform game is literally what one of the games is called mojo maze which is like pac-man uh domination which is uh like reversey or whatever that game's called mm-hmm. and rock paper scissors mm-hmm. It also had a PDA on it um, and a fake internet browser as well as a calculator. A fake internet browser? Yeah. Now I'm interested. 
And this was a Game Boy game? It's a Game Boy Color game, yeah. Like kids fake that they had a PDA? Pretty much, yeah. I guess. You, you could fake being like an international super spy. Yeah, one thing that I love about the um, the Austin Powers movies <laughs> is how much he uses a PDA in these fucking films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guess who published this game? Please tell me it was somebody like THQ. EA. EA. Rockstar. Oh, fuck Rockstar. off! <laughs> oh my... Well, I guess so, they had to know. fill the gaps between Grand Theft Autos at some <laughs> I wonder how much cocaine they had to snort to make that goddamn thing. The last one is just okay, take a wild guess. Like just what like when you think Austin Powers, like what 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 do you think like a a, a PlayStation 1 game based on Austin Powers would be? Oh, it's definitely a fucking vertical scrolling shooter. Okay. Like a Ikagaru kind of game or something. Right. Anyone else? Uh, dance, some kind of dance uh, sim where it's you have to get him to do the little. That's a that's a good. I'm just guessing. That's a good guess. I like that guess. A, a Austin Powers DDR would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Laura, anything? I got nothing. I, I like to think that it's kind of like the Mummy, but with like the, a platformer. Yeah. It is Austin Powers Pinball. Oh my god! Pinball. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's that's, that's actually not bet. the worst fucking idea. That kind of yeah, it's that a kind of feels bet. like there are, that works. There are people that really like pinball games. Exactly. <laughs> there are two pinball games to play: one on the original movie and one based on the spy who shagged me. The game was met with mixed to negative reception, scoring a fifty-one on the PS uh, PC version, a forty-three on the PlayStation version. Oh my god! Pinball snobs. It's no fucking Sonic Spinball, but okay, whatever. Um. <laughs> so yeah, there were uh, four Austin Powers video games and a collectible card game. Given the amount of merch that they kind of milked out of these movies in the early 2000s that doesn't fucking surprise me but there you go um yeah austin powers and gold member would you guys recommend this movie let's go around the horn laura yes yeah i don't know i had a good time with it um but it's only nostalgia related (laughs) so Mm -hmm. keep that in mind (laughs) okay uh megan uh not really Depends on how much you can tolerate Mike Myers' shenanigans. Uh, first movie, eh, tolerable. Second movie, eh, tolerable. Third movie, I don't know. I don't know about that. Doesn't hold up too well. Mm, Karen? I would recommend it. Um, <laughs> however, I have nostalgia as well. Um, so I don't know how someone who has never heard of Austin Powers or never seen the movies, I don't know how they'd react to this. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they'd think. I don't know if they'd think it's the funniest thing ever. Because like, if, if you were completely fresh into this, you've never heard these jokes before, Austin Powers and Mike Myers' type of comedy was completely new to you, you'd probably think it was funny. Because I feel like there's nothing else like it. I feel like, my, like Mike Myers has a very specific stick and... The movies are are funny to an extent, but I feel like because I've seen this movie so many times, a lot of the jokes are like a miss, right? Because I know the punchline. It's not very funny. You start to break it down in your own head kind of thing. Um, if you've never seen the Austin Powers movies, I'd say they're worth a watch, and then you just come to your own conclusion from there. I mean, they're not for everybody, yeah. and my mom absolutely hates Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. I would not recommend this. I kind of hated this film. I didn't like it when it came out. I remember being really underwhelmed when it came out. And it hasn't got any better with time uh, in my eyes. And I was a fan of the first two movies. I think the first two movies um, maybe don't hold up as much as I thought they were gonna. But there's still some good jokes in there. But this one, it just felt like the well was dry. They kind of, they'd really exhausted anywhere they could take these characters. And I think by doing this whole kind of thing... At the end where austin and uh dr evil are brothers they kind of fucked this franchise by doing that mm-hmm. i kind of feel like 
they just killed the dynamic that was kind of power in this franchise at this point. Um, yeah. Which may be a good reason for them not making a fourth one. But no, I'm not going to recommend this. I kind of really disliked this a lot, way more than I actually thought I was going to. I think this is actually one of the worst movies we've fucking done on this show. Boo. Yeah, okay. Boo, boo me. But... <laughs> boo. Get off the podcast. It's one of, it's not the worst, but it's certainly down at the kind of bottom tier for me. I just, I found no joy in this film whatsoever. Anyway, uh, that was our episode on Austin Powers in Goldmember from the year 2002, directed by Jay Roach. That continues uh, Mike Myers month for us. And I would say um, maybe that wraps up Mike Myers month for us as well. I kind of feel like we're... um, we're, no, we're whoa, done whoa, talking whoa, about whoa, Mike whoa. Myers at this no, point? No, no, no. The month is hardly... No. We're not there yet. I just... I can't see anywhere we can go. I mean, did Mike Myers do any other sequels other than the ones that we've already talked about? I don't think... Meth? Yes. I am tired of this. We're done. Next week... DreamWorks Pictures presents Mike Myers. Oh, let's keep him. Say what? Come on, donkey. Look at him in his wee little boots. Oh. Eddie Murphy. I'm melting! I'm melting! Cameron Diaz. Shrek. And Antonio Banderas. For you, baby, I could be. Shrek 2. Fuck my life. <laughs> uh, smash mouth at the boots. end there. <laughs> Puss in boots. Fuck my life. <laughs> I'm showing up next week with a full essay <sighs> as to why this is the best sequel ever fucking made yeah okay i mean look next week on the show it's our fucking one year anniversary and what better way to celebrate it by doing a movie i don't want to fucking talk about (laughs) it's we could just get it out of our system and never mention it again oh or we could mention it more alternatively there's two other fucking sequels after this as well so i don't imagine this being the fucking be all and end all of us ever talking about shrek shrek the third Shrek Forever After. Yeah. Shrek the Third Halls. is forgettable. Fourth is trash. Well, not trash, but it's pretty stupid. It's <sighs> trash. <laughs> Second one. So, peak. I mean, I guess <laughs> fucking join us next week where we finally fucking talk about Shrek 2 on this Woo! goddamn podcast. Until then, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Insta. We're on YouTube. You can email the show at bwnpod at gmail.com. We have a fucking Discord server, so get on there. Come hang out. Come chat with us. We're going to be giving away some movies this month as well. So you can fucking drop by and you might even get a copy of Brahms the Boy 2 out of it for your trouble. Oh, don't chase them away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Roddy will fucking show up. He loves that movie. Um, oh my god. You can watch it and then understand what the fuck we're talking about in that episode. Uh, Cohen, thanks again for joining us. Always a fucking pleasure yeah. to have you on the show, man. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. You want to you wanna pimp any of your wares? Uh, I'm not working on any particular pl- projects right now, but uh, I DJ and make music as Sixtroke. S-I-X-T-R-O-K-E. Hell yeah. Google it. You'll you find me. You have your, um, your show at the end of the, the month. Oh, yeah, I'm playing a Halloween show. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. VR. VR chat. I'm, uh, yeah, it's going to be a virtual show, and uh, that's pretty exciting. Sorry, I totally forgot about it, so thank you for reminding me. (laughs) I got to get on that. As a secretary, I know all things. (laughs) She's got his calendar memorized. Yeah. Until next week, stay safe out there. Goodbye. 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 Bye.
I want chicken, I want liver, meow mix, meow mix, please deliver.